you can definitely do this, but you're going to have to put in the work. And I think at the end of the day, it's just success isn't necessarily hard and actually achieving things isn't hard. What is hard is actually executing. It's actually getting up when you don't want to get up and go do what you need to go do. Um, and just constantly, even if you get pushed down or you have a setback or things don't play out the way you were hoping for, is being able to constantly execute. Are you looking to take charge of your life? Would you like to learn how to become a master of your mind and body to make better decisions? Welcome to Vibe, Mind, Body and Entrepreneurship Podcast. I'm your host, Binky Lumba, a real estate investor. I love connecting with people and educating them on how to create a passive income stream. And I am Raju Datla and I help realtors, real estate investors increase their revenue I also enjoy connecting with people and building long-term relationships. We bring industry professionals, thought leaders, and experts to discuss how our mind and body plays a big role in our daily decisions, big or small. Through this podcast, our purpose is to make people aware and educate them to make wise decisions for their investments and take correct steps towards their entrepreneurial journey. Are you ready for a great episode? Please keep listening. We have a free gift for you at the end. And also, don't forget to subscribe to our show. Today, we have Serge Lepescu. Serge Lepescu is the owner and administrator of Legion Manor LLC in Mesa, Arizona. Before devoting his full time to his assisted living home business, Serge also obtained a degree from Southwest Baptist University in Nursing, as well, as well as working as a certified nurse assistant in his earlier years. Shortly after, Serge furthered his passion in the healthcare industry and, and pursued his goal in opening a residential assisted living home. Along his journey, Serge discovered that the industry is far more complex and success more not easily achieved. And he started his YouTube channel. He also started Legion Assisted Living Academy, which is designed to help individuals with the same common interest and goal of opening their own, very own residential assisted living home. Serge is also a co-founder managing partner of Ali ALF Ventures, LLC, a real estate syndication firm focusing on acquiring and leasing residential assisted living. Welcome, Serge. Welcome, Serge. Nice to meet you. We're so, so happy to have you here today with us. Of course. My pleasure. My pleasure. So can you tell us about your journey, where you are professionally and personally, and okay. uh, you know, kind of a complete picture, what you think of yourself at this point right now? Where I'm at right now is I'm in a growth phase, a very intense growth phase as far as my businesses and just me personally, uh, just being my best version, right? So I think that's kind of where I'm at right now. And that's just where I'm going. I'm just going to continue the momentum, use it to my advantage. You know, it comes with its ups and downs, but as long as you use all the ups to get you through the downs, I think you'll be all right. So that's kind of, it's every day, just getting up and doing what you are passionate about, doing, uh, helping other people be able to achieve their goals and dreams and doing your best to continue to make sure that everyone you love is being taken care of. So that's just where I'm at. I'm getting married soon. So oh. in like a week and a half, no, actually less than that. So that's exciting. That's kind of the stage that I'm at in my life. And being able to take that journey as well and making the most of it and trying to enjoy it as I go. Wow. Congratulations. First of all, that's a big achievement, big milestone in life. 
Absolutely, right? yeah. So trying trying to get through the stresses of planning a wedding and putting deals together and you know managing multiple things going on so it's just that's just part of life though right you're juggling multiple things and that's being an adult so i don't think i'm alone in that that's true yeah it's not easy the wedding planning you know because our daughter is getting married next year so i kind of resonate with you i think i have to do much more than you <laughs> being bride's mom so yeah lots of you know lots of tears lot of joyous moments so it's all mixed <laughs> Yeah, got to make the most of it. Lots of arguments, a lot of disputes, but at the end of the day, love conquers all. So exactly. Yeah. Perfect. Let's go back to your history. I mean, you're a young guy. You know, you kind of achieved a lot of success in a short period of time. So, how did you grow up? I mean, you grew. How did you? I mean, was there entrepreneurship in your family? You know, what was your childhood like that led to this path? Yeah. So my dad is. Uh, He's very conservative. He actually escaped communism from Romania in the 1980s. Uh, so when he came here, he came with a backpack of clothes to California. Um, and so him being an immigrant and me coming from an immigrant family, just like any immigrant family, right? We come here for opportunities. We come here to live a better life. And so my dad really had no choice. He had no. He had. He had a great life in Romania. I mean, he was very well off there, but he saw that things weren't going the way that he was hoping for. So he came here to give us and myself and my family this opportunity to be able to grow, right? And America's the greatest country in the world, in my opinion. And this is where you can literally go from nothing to being somebody and providing a better lifestyle. And I saw that with my father. So my father was an entrepreneur from pretty much day one of coming to America. So that was just the way we were raised. He, he had multiple, he got into construction early on in his career and then he did ended up doing like assisted living vaguely when I was I remember this he did assisted living they had a residential assisted living in Riverside California for a very short period of time um, before they moved to Missouri and I remember that and then they started a trucking company uh, in California right before we moved to Missouri when I was in 2001 and so I grew up in Missouri which is the Midwest um, very blue collar hardworking farmers and so I grew up very conservative because that's just a conservative area in the country. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, morals and values. We grew up Pentecostal. So I'm a Christian and I'm a huge man of faith. And that really led to and helped me develop kind of that mentality of like, you know what, you got to walk through faith and you got to take risks and know that God's by your side. And regardless of what people's views are and what higher power they choose to believe in that's just my my experience and then um growing up i mean my parents worked really hard i saw that from my dad and worked you know we kind of grew up lower middle class i would say um we got had things provided for but there were a lot of no's and so that kind of when i became of age to be able to go get a job and actually make my own money um, I definitely took that opportunity to do that. Uh, we grew up at some point during my high school years. I grew up on a farm, turkey farm. Um, we were contracted with Cargill, which is a big uh, farming company in America. And, you know, I know hard work. I know what it is to, to get your hands dirty and really put in the work. And so from there, I just, the second I could get a job, I graduated high school at 17. Um, 
my sister convinced me to get into the healthcare field because she was a respiratory therapist. And then from there, uh, I was like, okay, what am I going to do? She said, go be a nurse and become a CRNA if you want to. And I just went ahead and started the path on that and got my CNA cert certificate when I turned 18. Um, and then worked in a nursing home for one month. Um, everybody there told me, hey, this is not the place for you. You, you need to be in the hospital. Like that's where you need to be to build a career. So I said, okay, um, got an ICU job. My sister was able to hook me up with the manager, like be able to connect me with the manager there, got an interview, got in at 18 years old in the neurotrauma ICU um, as a CNA, and then worked myself up, went through community college, got my prereqs for nursing school, um, and then was working in ICU for three and a half years while going through nursing school. And then as of 2017, graduated nursing school, realized at that point I had to take destiny into my own hands. And my family, they're all entrepreneurs. There are about three or four who did end up going to college out of 14 of us. Um, that's how many siblings I have. Well, 13 siblings. 14. So out of the three of us, you know, my sister that was a respiratory therapist, another one went for a business major, and another one went for an architect degree. So at the time when I was young, I thought those, you know, college was kind of the path. You know, I didn't, I saw all my siblings who were entrepreneurs struggle um, during their period of starting their businesses. And I said, that doesn't seem very attractive, just like anybody else, right? Like, why would I want to struggle? And so, but I realized that after the years went on, their businesses started to really come to fruition and all their hard work was starting to pay off and they were able to have the freedom and the ability to take care of their families and be with their families. And so at that point I said, let me take this nursing degree and start something in the healthcare field. And that's when I got into assisted living. So assisted living really came about because one of my coworkers brought it up through Gene Garino. He's like, do you know this Gene Garino guy on YouTube? Have you watched him at all? And I'm like, no. And he, I looked into it and I was like, well, my aunt does this. She was doing it in Springfield and she still does it. And I was like, dude, my aunt does it. But just like anything else, when it's right there in front of your face, you don't notice it or realize it, right? It's a norm. It's just kind of like, yeah, I know somebody that does that. And so I reached out to her, got some more information from her and I was going to open up a second location now she was, I was going to manage it and run it for her and learn the ropes. Things didn't play out. Um, and I just said, okay, well, let me just go start my own thing. I think I can definitely do this. So that's when I moved out to Arizona after I graduated nursing school in 2017, beginning of 2018, moved to Arizona just by myself, no connections, and just took that leap of faith, just like I said. And that's how I ended up out in Arizona. And from there, I mean, there's a lot of trials and errors for sure. I mean, so you took a leap of faith. I mean, I, I, I guess you did go through that. You always, you know, are jumping, having that faith and jumping in. Uh, is that because both you saw your parents and also your siblings do that? Like, you know, you saw their struggles and then you had that belief that, okay, if they can succeed, you can succeed. Yeah, I mean, I think I think subconsciously that's probably what happened. I don't think I because I don't remember myself ever like intentionally thinking that. But subconsciously, just like anything else, right? You get programmed a certain way without realizing it. And so subconsciously, I'm sure I like it. Kind of hit me out of nowhere, like, hey, you know, you can definitely do this, but you're gonna have to put in the work. And I think at the end of the day, it's just I, success isn't necessarily hard. 
um, and actually achieving things isn't hard. What is hard is actually executing. It's actually getting up when you don't want to get up and go do what you need to go do. Um, and just constantly, even if you get pushed down or you have a setback or things don't play out the way you were hoping for, is being able to constantly execute when you don't feel like it. That's what, I mean, that, that's all you need to do. If you execute daily as to the best of your ability on whatever it is that you choose to go after, you'll have success. It's just a matter of time. So just execute and let time do its thing as well. And things will play out. Can you walk us through your first deal? Uh, what were the hurdles or what was the positives or what were the negatives and what was the takeaway and that kind of put you on the right path to do more afterwards, you know, that it did not stop you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think what I would tell people with the residential thing when I started in that, that was kind of my first true initial entrepreneur like journey was when I first started my residential assisted living. Um, I know I kind of mentioned this to Raju, like I had got scammed $20,000, almost went, like got fined another couple thousands of dollars because of me not doing my due diligence and simply because I was, you know, naive and ignorant. And so tough lesson learned there, but I'd rather get scammed 20000 then and learn from those mistakes. And then rather than 10 years down the road and losing millions of dollars potentially. So even though $20,000 felt like $2 million then, because I didn't have very much, I am grateful for that opportunity and that being able to learn from that and just getting back up. So I would just say, like, don't be afraid to, to just go for it and give it your all. And if it does end up going south very quickly, which it did for me, which was within the first three months, just know that things do play out as long as you just, like I said, get up every single day. There were days where I was very depressed, very down on myself, but at the end of the day, I still got up every single day and I wouldn't allow myself to give up. So just know that like for any entrepreneur um, or if you're at the beginning of your entrepreneur journey, that's what I would say. And then uh, for my first deal, I would say the first deal that I did in real estate was this Airbnb uh, kind of like I house hacked it. Um, what I ended up doing was actually partnering up on that deal and utilizing an, my old colleague. We used to work together and him and I would always talk about like when I was working in the ICU, him and I would always talk about real estate, all these different and the short term rental, this 19 and I'll, I'll, I'll look for the house. I will do all the hard work. I'll go whatever. And you just, I didn't have the money to be able to put as a down payment and get the business up and going. So I said, look, if you put up the down payment and everything, um, and then I'll pay you back over time for my half of the portion, right? That was the agreement. So that's when I kind of utilized, I sort of did like a mini syndication then, right? But I didn't know what syndications were back then or anything. I didn't, I just thought it would be a great opportunity for the both of us. And he had the money, I had the time and the energy. So I said, why not come together? So we ended up buying a home in Phoenix that was a, it was kind of a duplex style. It was like the first like bedroom, two bath. And then on the side, it was like a guest quarters or a suite casita type thing where it was a studio, full kitchen, bathroom, 
And I thought, let me go ahead and live there. I'll run the Airbnb business out of the main portion of the house. And so we ended up coming together. We put the deal together. And I set up the whole Airbnb, VRBO listings. I bought all, you know, I put all the furniture in there, um, got it all set up. Was, you know, we start, we started to take off. So that was my first deal. Um, lessons learned there um, was, it was my first time ever purchasing a home in general. Like I had not purchased a home at all, even for myself at that point. So um, I, I really heavily relied on my realtor to like guide me through the process. Um, I did do a lot of research beforehand, right? Like I tried to watch as many videos as possible, listen to as many podcasts about real estate as possible, like just to educate myself and what to look out for or whatever. But at the end of the day, I had to go do it, you know, and those, that was just the case. So um, yeah, I mean, just know your market. I was, you know, I did a lot of market research. I did whatever I could to make sure that this was going to be a good location for an Airbnb, um, what type of rates to charge, et cetera, right? So I did a ton more research and due diligence into that. And that's what ended up really benefiting me um, throughout the process. Um, but I would say that was my first time working with a business partner. And so working with business partners is pretty much getting married without the the sexual stuff, right? You're practically having to stay in communication constantly. Um, you're always having to keep each other updated. You have to dig into each other's financials, make sure that they're actually who they are and what they're talking about. Um, but at the end of the day, just like anything else, right? If someone in that business partnership or relationship isn't doing their part and not dedicating enough time into whatever it is you're doing, you need to have that discussion and those discussions are never easy and they're never fun. So that was what I had to learn, right? Is business relations and understanding what it's like to actually work together, especially when there's money involved like that um, and transactions, et cetera. And so as about a year went by um, right before 2020 hit, I was already at the point where I said, I think either we, sell this property and we go our separate ways just simply because of the fact that I was doing all the work. They weren't doing anything at all. Um, and when I did allow them to manage the listings, we had the worst reviews ever. So it was just one of those things that I learned very quickly that it, it just wasn't going to work out and they were wanting to expand and they were wanting to do more. But I said, this is just not the right business relation that I want and business partnership. So I would say that that was the very first deal. We ended up exiting that home. We sold it in November of 2020. Uh, we did make a good profit for at least the first deal. We actually, most people lose money on their first deal, but we actually turned a profit from how just crazy the market went last year and is still crazy, especially in the Phoenix area. And we, we had saved a ton of reserves. We never, took any profit from what we made during that year and a half of us running our Airbnb business. And so when COVID hit, we weren't necessarily like affected, which is another thing I would tell people is make sure you don't live off of your investments like that. Because a lot of people lost a lot of things because of the fact that their businesses allowed their lifestyle, right? They didn't factor in any kind of emergency or pandemic or anything. So I would, I was fortunate enough to say that my first deal went well, um, didn't have too many other than the fact from the business relationship partnership side of it.
Um, so yeah, got out of that, took that, took that profit, um, ended up purchasing, I know this is going to sound crazy and weird, but I purchased a converted van, uh, ProMaster, um, got a really good deal on it because I said, why not? Let me do this for a little bit. And then ended up making a 10K profit off of that from my initial investment. So I just, what I would tell people is like, have you guys ever seen those videos where they take a pencil and then by the end of it, they have a Tesla because they just kept trading up more and more and getting bigger and better things and turning a bigger profit every single time. And to the point where, and the same thing, right? I sold that property, got a really good deal here and then took that money. And so from that money after I sold the van um, and the, the profit that I've made, both of them combined, started investing. That's when my partner that we now do our assisted living syndication with came along and it just, the opportunity presented itself and I was, I had the capital and off to the races I went. And so within the first month of us partnering up and working together at this point, I knew now from my previous experience, what to look for in a partner, right? How to vet them, what questions to ask them, et cetera, making sure they have the experience, make sure they have the knowledge the drive, the goals, the aspirations, um, and the legit legitimacy to continue to move forward. So yeah, at this point now we're about to close on our fourth deal and we're now about to work on our fifth one. So hopefully next year we can close double digits. So that's kind of what we're working. We're working on our systems. We're continuing to improve and get better at vetting and looking at deals and running the numbers and that's just how you get started so oh that's good so but why senior living because you had the background in the nursing before you resonated with it better or what was the why behind that to be honest i got i did another podcast last like a couple days ago and i was asked the same thing there wasn't necessarily a why i think just like anything in life when opportunities present themselves take them and go with it um my parents are seniors. Uh, my father passed away earlier this year um, from heart attack and, you know, he was 69. And so my mom is, you know, in her mid 60s. So there's, they're, they're younger seniors, but they're seniors and it's close to my heart and I just love them. I mean, just the knowledge and the experience that seniors give when you talk to them, their life experience, what they would have done differently. And one thing I always get from just talking with my residents and just in general is, you know, make the most out of life, make the most out of every moment that you have. Don't, don't hesitate to chase dreams and goals and don't hesitate and think too much about, Ooh, what's going to happen if I do this, do your due diligence, right? Like be smart about it, but also don't be scared. Don't be fearful. A lot of them have just told me they were too fearful all their lives, whether it be finances, right? They're too fearful to invest in certain things because, ooh, what if I lose that? Or what happens if, you know, or they're too fearful to start a business because of the same thing. They're just overall fear. They allowed fear to run their lives for too long to the point where they had regret. And what are the fears that you have in your life? Um, I mean, I don't, surprisingly, I don't think about that too much. Um, I'm just, like I said, I'm a man of faith. Um, I really don't live and try to live in fear um, to the best of my ability. Like I try not to sit there and ponder on what could go wrong and like looking at certain issues or things and being like, oh, you know, I, I'm aware of them, of like the situations in the world and what's going on and making sure. But 
at the end of the day, like I said, I don't try to let fear control me. I think for me, my ultimate fear is not being able to be my best version and really truly living to the fullest of my potential. Um, I don't want to end up at the end of my life thinking, man, I wonder if I would have gotten into real estate, how things could have played out. Man, I wonder if I would have like got into that assisted living opportunity when it presented itself or working with that person or investing in that situation or that deal or whatever it is, right? I don't want that. I'd rather go ahead and go for it and whatever comes from it comes from it. But I, I would rather deal with that than to deal with the regret and the fear of the fact that I just never chose to go after it. So those, I think that would be my biggest fear is just not reaching my full potential in everything that I do. Um, and so I, I will fall short. Everybody falls short of what they're trying to achieve. But as long as that, you know, you want to be that, that warrior in the arena, you want to be the one that other people are seeing and watching and being like, that's inspiring. That's motivational to see him come from nothing or that person come from nothing. Those are the best stories, right? Because you resonate with that. That goes for every athlete or business owner we know. They have a great story of coming from nothing, but they said, you know what? I'm not going to settle for that. That's not who I'm going to be remembered as. So I think that is probably my biggest fear. You're so fortunate that you've created that space for yourself where yeah. there is uh, no fears and then you just, you know, the path is so good for you. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, like there are situations that happen in everybody's lives, right? Like their car breaking down, they're then getting hurt or whatever. Some um, minor things though, right? Those are, if you look at it compared to, you know, where you are, I mean, where you coming from, the place that you're talking right now, those are all the minor things. And I'm pretty sure, I don't think those are any big showstoppers in your yeah. way, right? Yeah, I think, it, I think it's all perspective. It's all about how you choose to see your scenario and your situation. Um, and making either you can choose it to make it into a positive or a negative. If you choose to make it into a negative, that's on you. If you choose to make it on a positive, that's on you. We're all, we should all have extreme ownership of every single thing in our lives, every single situation of our lives. So, um, yeah, and that's how I choose to live is have extreme ownership, even when it's not my fault, even when it's, you know, but if I had something to do with it and I could have done something, I choose to take ownership in that and making sure, okay, how can I do better the next time around a situation or a scenario like this comes up again? What can be avoided the next time around? Even when it's not my fault, it's just choosing to, to do extreme ownership and have that, so. Your drive to be always the best version of yourself, when did that come about? Was there a trigger point that it started that journey or just because you talked to a lot of people in the assisted living space, that's where you got this? Like. Oh, I don't want to be that way. Um, no, I think it just came from listening to podcasts and really looking into who I was as a person mm -hmm. and being able to take account of that. I think not too many people allow themselves to really look at, into themselves and into their lives and really an, analyze themselves as far as where they're at. I think too many people are genuinely afraid of themselves. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're mm -hmm. afraid being able to face their demons mm -hmm. of being of whatever those demons may be. So I think that's where it came from. Just listening to podcasts and listening to Andy Frisella and Ed Milet and all these different great entrepreneurs and people that 
I just listen to because their content is so true and it's very straightforward. It's no, oh yeah, get up every single day. You got this, like all this fluff. It's very just straightforward of being like, stop being so weak. Stop being so, stop being a victim to everything. Stop, you know, you are who you are, you know, and you can be the best. And so that's kind of where that came from. Jocko Willink, um, David Goggins, Cam Haynes, these guys who are just gritty, just very like, and it reminds me a lot of my father, you know, just a gritty type, like get your, handle your stuff, get to work. You want to do something about your life, do something about your life. Don't expect anybody to sit there and hold your hand, you know, take control. And so that's, that's just like, to me, that's where it came from. And, you know, I had to just be honest about that. And it, it, there's, there's no one out there who's going to save you. What action did you take, um, you know, towards your journey when you learn all this, listening to all these podcasts and this, uh, you know, the mindset, I would say the abundance mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you learned all these techniques. So now everybody can listen to so many gurus out there or so many these mindset mentors, but it does not make a difference because they're not taking any action. You know, everybody can talk, but it's just like, yeah, but uh, it's very few people in this life who just practice whatever they preach. So you have taken a massive action towards that. So what was that action and how did that change your success trajectory? Yeah. So, I mean, the action was just being intentional. I think one thing is be intentional about, what it is you listen to, what it is you read, what it is you do every single day. Be intentional about it. Know that, yeah, even though you're not seeing the results right now, within, you know, Ed Milet says something great. And these are guys that I follow and give just such practical stuff to follow. I mean, it's nothing hard. Any single person can do it. But he says something. He says, what you do today will show in 90 days. So you're going to see a, a, a result of what you do today in 90 days, right? Whether that be your weight, uh, whether that be your business, whatever it is that you work towards your business, whatever it is you do today, know that in 90 days, you're going to see that, right? But if you're slacking right now and you're whatever, sitting on your couch, watching Netflix, whatever it is, right? Eating ice cream and you do that today and tomorrow and whatever, you'll see in 90 days, you've gained 10 pounds, or you'll see that you lost 10 pounds, or you'll see your business grow by certain percentage, right? Simply by what you do today, and you'll see that. And so just kind of look at it that way. You know, people set yearly goals, whatever, all these different strategies, there's all these strategies out there. But to me, I think the action that I just took is just being realistic with myself, being realistic about where I'm at financially, where I'm at with my business, what it is, you know, I'm not trying to be 100 you know, have a net worth of a hundred million in two years, right? Like that's unrealistic. But what's realistic is like, okay, if my goal is a hundred million, what do I need to do today? It's the, it's the one day rule, right? Is what, or the one thing rule um, that if you just do that one thing today to get you there, it will. And so I think that's just what you need to do daily is just taking account. Okay. Where am I at currently? If you're completely broke, like I was at one point, and you're completely like you have no idea where to where your next meal is going to come from or how you're going to afford that or make your payments or whatever, well, just understand this. You need to figure what out what that one thing is to get you out of that situation if that's your current situation, right? Um, what's that one thing that's going to help you get closer to getting out of debt? Or what's that one thing that's going to help you get closer? If that means you working extra shifts, if that means you, you know, 
taking on Uber or Lyft or whatever. I, I did that. I'm not ashamed to say it. There was a point during my business in the first year I was doing Uber Eats, right? I was driving around delivering people's food. Like I was doing YouTube, even though I was making sense on the video, like when it got monetized, which I did it for free for nine months before, you know what I mean? So those are the types of things I'm talking about is like, just what can you do? And even though I was completely broke, it was something that was going to help me get out of that situation. And then once I was out of that situation, I was like, okay, now that I'm not completely broke and I have some money kind of like getting me going, how do I utilize this money to invest it, make it grow? Like, how do I educate myself, whether it be watching one YouTube video a day? So those are the types of actions people just need to factor in and take and go with. Yeah. I like that. I mean, uh, your mindset, living in the moment, you know, living intentionally every moment because every moment decides your next moment, right? If yeah. you're present in the present moment, that's going to give you a choice for the next moment. So according to going to define your destiny, where you're going. Absolutely. You know, Jesus has a great phrase in the Bible in Matthew that he says, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow has its own worries. Right. So, you know, just focus on today, take care of what the situations are today and let tomorrow be tomorrow. Don't think about it. Don't even, you know, you can plan for it, right? Like have things scheduled out and whatever. But as far as what worries and what stresses come from tomorrow, let that be tomorrow. Just handle the stuff that's going on in the moment and in today. So what's your five-year goal? I would say my five-year goal is just to be at a point in my life where like, I don't, I don't try to think about it from a financial standpoint. A lot of people have like financial goals as far as where they want to be in five years. For me, I just want to be, you know, I want to have my family. I, I'm sure I'll have kids. Um, and so having kids will be definitely a goal of mine and being able to have a family, being able to take care of them, to be in the moment with them, raise them, uh, right. You know, help other people along the way, continuing to help people, give them opportunities to better their lives. Um, I think if I could just do that, um, everything else will play like, you know, will work out nicely. I mean, obviously financially and stuff, I want to be at a, just be at a point where I can help other people. Um, I think the one thing that I would say is probably my ultimate goal within the next five years is to get my cancer charity um, in place and be able to self-fund that rather than um, have like raise money, whatever. I more so because of the fact that I had cancer as a kid, um, was very inspired by people who helped my mom and my parents out uh, with gas, with treatments, things of that nature, um, food, stuff like that, that I want to be able to do to individual families to be able to go pay, you know, for their kids' treatment, um, bring them food, like individually for myself to go there and do that for them and be able to have the means to uh, provide that and help people in those situations and the scenarios because there were people who did that who were complete strangers and little did they know who knows maybe i end up helping a kid out and he gets through that and helps you know the family gets through that and that kid's that kid ends up being the next president or the next great entrepreneur the next whoever right uh simply by doing a gesture like that by helping and um so i would say within the next five years definitely have that cancer charity self-funded and have all my investments, everything that I do through real estate, whatever, be able to allow that opportunity to happen. So just helping, I would say. Wow, I, I, I didn't know that, that you're a cancer survivor. And then instead of victimizing yourself, 
you are just a hero, I would say, of your life. You put the right path and you uh, figured life out very early on. Congratulations for that. I really, really love your mindset for that. Wow. So one golden nugget for our audience. One golden nugget, I would say bet on yourself. You know, take it and whatever it is that you're trying to do, know that you can do it. I mean, I know that sounds very like woo-woo, whatever, but know that you are in control of your destiny. You can truly change your life if you choose to. But like I said, you know, you got to execute. Execute on that one thing every single day that can help you get to where you want to get. For me, you know, for my, my five-year goal, right? What, what's going to help me get that cancer charity up and going and self-funded and whatever, right? Is through these types of business opportunities and financials, right? So... So we get into our vibe rapid fire round, five questions, one word or one sentence, answers only. All right, ready? So who was the most influential person in your life? My father. What is the best book you have read or recommend? The Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. What's your biggest passion? Loving people, helping people, and doing the best that you can in everything you do. So, In one word, what does life mean to you? Live a fulfilled life. What's your favorite food? Favorite food item? It changes like every other day, but I would say mashed potatoes with a good steak any day. How can people reach out to you, Serge? Yeah, they can just reach out to Serge Lepescu on YouTube. Um, my email will be in the description there. Um, they can also just find me on Instagram, Serge underscore Lepescu. Um, they can reach out there too. And then uh, valleyalf.com, um, they could just reach out through there too. So. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Hope you have enjoyed listening to this episode. As promised, I have a free ebook for you. Seven reasons why real estate syndications build long-term wealth. Please go to my website, www.lumbainvest.com to download your free copy. Please tune into our weekly podcast, Vibe, Mind, Body, and Entrepreneurship. If you're listening live, please give us hashtag live. And if you are replaying, please give our podcast hashtag replay and give us a five-star rating. Also, if you like to learn about passive investing, please feel free to join our investors club by filling out the investor qualification form at www.lumbainvest.com. See you next week in the next episode with another awesome guest. We'd love to hear from you and get your feedback. Please follow us on the social media and connect with us on LinkedIn and Facebook. Thank you.